Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin AC getting ready for the Dodgers Padres at Dodger Stadium. Two games here in the next couple of days. My boss, Jay Posner, sports editor of the Union Tribune, back to San Diego. Jay, there is so much to talk about. I mean, we, we, we could be accused of making more of it uh, than it is. Uh, May series between the Padres and Dodgers. But then again... Paddock Kershaw kicks it off tonight. Exactly. I, I asked you just before this, okay, what kind of uh, stuff should we talk about besides <laughs> besides Paddock? And you said, what else is there? And <laughs> so that's that's a good way to put it. I hope everybody caught the story that you wrote yesterday. It was, it's been online since yesterday. It was in today's paper. Some good insight into Chris Paddock and sort of how his mind works and how he's looking forward to uh, his third Cy Young opponent already in his in his eight starts and its third Cy Young opponent Felix Hernandez and Jacob Degrom and now Kershaw and I, I would say that Degrom is the one of those three who's still in his prime. Yeah, right. But, but Kershaw is not far away and he's still a really good pitcher. You know his ERA is a little over three. He still has a I, he still has a WHIP under one. So it's not like he's you know, been getting bashed all over the place. He's just a little bit different pitcher now than he was, a little bit more of a pitcher than just blowing guys away. Mm-hmm. But, hey, Paddock and Kershaw, I mean, how much uh, outside of maybe Paddock and DeGrom, I mean, there, there's not much more, you know, that you can look forward to than any Paddock start right now, but especially when he's facing a guy like Kershaw. Well, and and right, and facing the Dodgers. And, right, I and mean, facing the team that Kershaw pitches for, and it's another test for him, and a huge test. I mean, the Dodgers have a uh-huh. tremendous offense. We'll talk about Cody Bellinger a little bit. I mean, his numbers are just outrageously off the charts. But where does Paddock, the weird thing about Paddock is he hasn't pitched since the DeGrom game, which was over a week ago. So I think this is a seven days rest. Yeah, and that's what Paddock. he's sort of been going on. And I mean, it's been at least five, there have been sixes. Uh, and yeah, I think the last couple were one week you know it would be a monday and then a monday and then a monday it's mm-hmm. just another pad it's just another paddock monday just Exce- thought of that Jay. except it's except oh. it is tuesday today so oh, i don't mean to, i don't mean to mess up your your lead for tomorrow or anything but dang it Jay. you know how i get in the middle of the season i have uh, i'm I, I, april is may may is april dang it that was so good actually it wasn't but <laughs> yeah um, all right so chris paddock is like it is remarkable. First of all, again, please read the story, not because I wrote it, but because the guy is just different and, and he, you know, he's unapologetic about being different. And that is why you, you can't, you can't overhype what he does because, you know, that's what he's doing about, about it. And I, I really do look forward to it. And I, you know what? I like that it's at Dodger Stadium tonight. I agree. Uh, you know, I agree. It'd be great if it was at Petco, mm-hmm. but like Dodger Stadium has this thing to it, uh, as it should. And, you know, it's one of my favorites to see how the Dodger fans react. And I can't believe it. The LA Times didn't do a story on Paddock today. They did it on, you know, something else. I don't even know. Uh, uh, it, was, you know. it was on Joe Kelly, their big bullpen yeah. signing, who's just been atrocious uh, this year. He blew them away in the World Series last year, and they were like, we got to have this guy. <laughs> and uh, he's given his ERA is almost nine so far, and they've they've had to put him in in low leverage uh, situations. So, which ideally for the Padres tonight, they would they would face one of those where <laughs> Paddock would pitch great, Kershaw wouldn't. Um, one thing about the the series that these teams just played a little over a week ago at um, at Petco. In fact, Paddock just missed out. The Padres had leads in all those uh-huh. games. They were up three zero. Lost four three. They were up three one. Lost seven six. They were up four zero, 
in the uh, finale on that Sunday, fell behind 5-4, and then Hunter Renfro, of course, with the walk-off slam. But the the Padres didn't seem to have as much, a t- whole lot of trouble scoring at least a few runs against the Dodger rotation, but they were unable until the final swing of the series to take advantage of the Dodger bullpen, while their, their own bullpen, I guess, was victimized yeah. quite a bit by the Dodgers. And the Dodgers do take a lot of pitches. They grind counts. This is the yep. kind of game where I could see Paddock only lasting five innings, uh-huh. maybe six. I, it's hard to see him going more than six against this lineup and the way that they uh, and the way they swing the bat and foul off pitches and 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 just grind pitchers down to get into their bullpen, the you know opposing teams' bullpens. Jay, I, I think people should rewind the last minute and a half that you spoke there because there was just so much rich stuff in there. I mean, it, that is so so true. The Padres did score runs off Kershaw. They did get to uh, you know they were able to score some runs off Maeda, who they'll face tomorrow, and that's a good matchup, Maeda and Strom right, uh, right. tomorrow. Um, so we get into that, but you were, you know, the bullpen and where the Padres were coming back on bullpens. Now uh, they're not able to, you know, you know generally they're going through, it's, it's cyclical, but uh, they've had more trouble uh, later in the innings uh, generating those. And, you know, that, that's how it goes. But you do have to wonder about the Padres offense. And then uh, in terms of the Padres bullpen, ugh, I always want to throw out Coors Field, but all that was was, you know, uh, a continuation of some situations where guys that uh, they didn't expect to be in high leverage situations uh, early in the, you know, when the season began are mm-hmm. now being put in there. I mean, Gerardo Reyes is hit or miss. I mean, that is truly the swing guy there. That guy comes in and is dominant one day, and then the next day, uh, his stuff is there, but it's two there. He's had wild crucial wild pitches uh, in, in uh, both of his appearances in Colorado and you know in spring training, it was like one time, oh my gosh, heart of an order. Uh, guys couldn't hit him, and then the next time, you know, th- you know two walks and they give up three runs. So, look, uh, he'll learn, hopefully, but the Padres' bullpen is in a bad way, and Jay, uh, I don't know exactly what to do about it. To say, hey, they should go out and trade for a bullpen arm, which I, you know, know they're trying or they're 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 looking and they've got scouts everywhere looking at these uh, guys. But that's like saying, hey, trade for a number one starter. Right. I mean, that that's I was just going to say. I mean, the the bullpen right now, it's hard to have confidence really in in anybody other than Yates and and this series. I mean, when Yates comes in, you're immediately going to think of the the two games back here at Petco where he gave up. The winning run in the ninth uh, ninth inning of those two games, but Yates pretty much, I, and certainly in save situations, I think he's still yes. per, he's still perfect. Um, uh-huh. I, that's still you know the I, that whole non save situation is such garbage um, about oh he, you know he shouldn't pitch in those situations. So what he's not supposed to pitch once a game gets to be tied after eight innings of a home game, you just, you just put him aside because he, it's not a safe situation. Sorry, Kirby, we're not going to use you tonight. I mean, Kirby Yates needs to pitch just as well in those situations uh, that are, quote, not safe situations, but it's still a tie game. Uh, so you, you really are still trying to save the game. Um, you know, you just don't get to celebrate when you, when, you retire, uh, when you retire the guys in the inning. But otherwise, it's hard to have any faith in pretty much any of the other guys, but and I keep seeing, like you do, people saying the Padres have to do something about this bullpen. Yeah, they do, but what are they supposed to do? Just like any team at this point has things where it's like, boy, they have to. This team has to do something about its bullpen. You know, most of these guys are in the bullpen for a reason because they, they, a lot of at least a lot of them, they didn't make it as starters, and the idea that 
you can suddenly just go out and and you know we're going to trade you I don't know Phil Maton and and uh, and and Adam Warren and and I don't know a couple name a couple other guys Matt Whistler and you know and we're going to get a setup guy that's going to be lights out every time out it, you know it just doesn't happen um, I'm not sure what the answer is but you can't it's you can't remake a bullpen at this time of the year I mean where are you going to find pitchers teams that have Look at the Dodgers. I mean, they signed Joe Kelly. They paid him a lot of money. He can't get he can't get anybody out. They've they've already taken him out of the eighth inning role, and you know that was a guy they were counting on. Now Dylan Floro has been fantastic for him, but they're not going to trade you Dylan Floro, and you're not going to and you're not going to find a trade for good guys elsewhere unless you're willing to really overpay. And is that what you want to do right now? Do you want to overpay for a reliever? I mean, basically. The Padres kind of have to live with this group that they have, as well as the group that's in El Paso, you know, on the shuttle, the guys like Maton and, and Perdomo and, and those type guys who have been up and down, hopefully Robert Stock. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have an answer that they can you magically wave a wand and say, hey, we got three new bullpen guys. Bigger picture, Jay, is if it were flipped, and then we're talking, let's say that it's next year. Let's say it's the year after, whatever. And the Padres were four up on the Dodgers in May. And the Padres were the ones, you know, scoring runs, giving their, uh, you know, giving the Padres brass uh, confidence that this is sustainable, right? They don't have pitchers on any limits. They, right. You know, right. they believe. Well, then, then we're having, I believe, a different conversation. Still, the challenges that you spoke of in terms of where do you find this guy, uh, but they weren't gonna. They're not gonna overpay right now for a, a starter because they don't really believe and. Uh, be careful. I want to caution people. I'm not saying they've given up on the season or that they're not trying to win this season, but they know who they are. They know who the Dodgers are. They know who the Rockies are. They know who the Diamondbacks are. They know their place in this situation, and they're not going to overpay for a reliever. It's just not going to happen. I, I mean, I guess they would argue they'd never overpay for anyone, but I think you, we know what we're talking about here. Right, they're not going right. to sell out right now for a reliever, something they're, we're going to regret later when they may end up getting Joe Kelly. Yeah, and I and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't overpay for for a starter at this point either for the no. the reasons you mentioned. I mean, this is sure you the team got off to a good start, maybe expectations got raised a bit, but this is still a team that I feel if they finished at 500 this year, that would be I would consider that a good year. And I know others are, would say, "Oh, that's that, you know, you're you're aiming too low and all that stuff," but I I think I think I'm trying to be realistic and saying that at the start of the year if you said the Padres were going to go we're going to win 80, 81, 82 games. To me, that was sort of the high water mark for where they could, for where they could expect to be at the end of the season. And I still think, I still think that's the case. So if that's true, that's the kind of team they are right now. I mean, they're sort of on track to to do that, or they're actually a little bit ahead of that, a little bit ahead of that pace. So it doesn't make any sense to suddenly start trading a couple of really good players, you know, on sort of a crapshoot bullpen situation. Um, at this point, I mean, I think you just kind of ride this out, see what happens, hope a few of these guys come back to uh-huh. the, the levels that you would expect yeah. them to be. I mean, it would help to get – and the other part of it is, you know, a guy like Eric Lauer has to be better. Um, oh, absolutely. You know, that, that's, a, that's a guy that's been a, dis- you know, been a bit of a disappointment. He's had – I mean, he pitched great on opening day. He had maybe one or two other decent starts. But for the most part, you know, he hasn't been as good as I think the Padres would have expected him to be. And yet, as we talked about really early on, Eric Lauer's ceiling is what? A number four starter in a, in a, on oh, a good team? So, so, well, if you're who the Padres think they are, yes. You're right. Right. Or will be. 
I should say. Um, Lucchese, the other day, another situation. Lucchese, that was, uh, to me, uh, that's his best start of the year. And I don't think it's real. I thought it was a question. The more I think about it, the more I look at it, that was Lucchese's best start. And, and so that's positive because those two guys, you can't have Strom and Paddock as your innings leaders. You just can't do it. Right, you know. right. So that is big. Now, that's Strom other- tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to that. What did you want to say before no, we get I, to that? I, I agree. I was just going to talk about their, the Padres' offense briefly, that um, you know the bullpen hasn't been the only disappointment. You touched on the offense briefly. I mean, they've been getting production out of Renfro and Reyes. Um, they got a lot of production out of Tatis. It's obviously hurt not having him in the lineup. I yeah. mean, he's their OPS leader, I think, still um, today, and it's it's always disappointing anytime he's he's out, and hopefully he'll be back at the, either the end of this week or maybe next week. Um, but, the you know, the three guys, I, when I was looking up the numbers before I came on here, the three guys who are making them all the money on this team, uh, Machado, Hosmer, and Myers, all have OPS numbers right around 760 and adjusted for their ballpark and everything, and obviously Petco's still a little bit of a pitcher's park. They're right around 105, 106, 107, which means they're just barely above sort of the league average there. And for what those three guys are are making, you know, what, $30 million, $20 million, and is Myers making 20 this year as well? No, That's not next year, year yeah. right? Next year. Yeah. Um, yep. So, but whatever it is, those guys are making over, what, $55 million or something this year. You need them to be better than basically league average. And so that's another place where this team could improve and make up for some of the shortcomings uh, on the pitching staff, which is what we thought there were going to be shortcomings on the pitching staff going into the year. We didn't think offense would be an issue, but those three guys, you know, through the first six, seven weeks, have have not lived up to the, you know, have not lived up to their contracts basically. And it's funny, uh, Andy Green, in of all places, the place where Bud Black now works, uh, drops in a that's baseball, uh, <laughs> um, and and uh, he did that. And I, I, the, the smirk on his face uh, told me that he knew exactly what he was doing what he when he said it. That's great. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it is funny. And I thought, look, well, they need to be hitting better. This is not an excuse. It's just funny. That is baseball. Can you imagine the Padres if those guys, or let's even let's even say just Machado was on his, you know, last year type of pace, right? right? right. Or, or what he's doing over the, the pot. You, you would have to think the Padres had a few more wins. Oh, my goodness. Then, can you imagine the expectations? They would oh, need sure. to sign Craig Kimball, Dallas Keuchel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah. hey, that is baseball. Isn't it funny? We None of us, I don't the Padres are blown away by what they've gotten out of the starting rotation. And I may have talked about this on, on here before. There is a thought within the organization that, you know what? This is about as good as we could expect it out of the starting rotation, and our offense has sort of wasted that, and we probably won't get those games back, you know, right. three, four wins. Right. No, that's probably true. And, and, I mean, in a way, they're fortunate to be 22 and 19 when they still, mm-hmm. have, a, they still have a negative 11 um, mm-hmm. run differential. The, the opposite side of that, uh, the opponents the next two nights, the Dodgers, who are plus 53. And, <laughs> and interestingly, they're 17 and 6 at home. 27 and 16 overall, so 10 and 10, uh, 10 and 10 on the road. They are plus 53 run differential in those 23 home games. Um, they're dead even on the uh, on the road. So they they've been outside of that one stretch where they lost six in a row in April, dropped them to eight and eight. You know, since then they're 19 and eight. And we we have to talk about Bellinger. And I mean, I can't wait to see Paddock. Um, 
and Strom, but especially Paddock tonight against Bellinger. I mean, we're we're looking here at at today is May the fourteenth, so we're I think this is the seventh might be the seventh week of the season. I've lost count. Cody Bellinger four oh seven batting average, four eighty six on base, seven seventy two slugging percentage. His his OPS is is over one point two five. He leads the majors in all those categories that I mentioned, plus runs, hits, RBIs, total bases, and he has a war right now of over four. I mean, there's going to be – the Padres might not have a guy with a four war, and many other teams for that matter, might be lucky to have one guy with a, with a 4.2 war at the end of the season. And Bellinger's already uh, at that point. And then you throw in Jock Peterson, who's got 12 homers, Alex Verdugo, who's been outstanding. You know, Turner and Muncie are always – dangerous and and you know it's easy to that that's another reason to look forward to, to paddock and strom is to see what they do what they're able to do against a yes. a, a lineup like this uh, you know on on the road you made in your, your you made a great point uh about how they battle and that's you know what a veteran lineup but the one team that was able to do it to him was the cardinals chris paddock's gonna have to be on and then like you said, Padres had leads. That was the thing that stood out to me in the Dodgers series. Uh, the Padres did a good job being like the, the Dodgers. They had those were their three best games in terms of uh, discipline at the plate, approach at the plate, battling. They really were. That's the team they want to be. The Dodgers just personify it, and the, the, you are the people they bring off the bench are incredible. Because a couple of those guys that you mentioned won't start tonight, but they'll come off the bench <laughs> in the seventh inning, and one of them will hit a home run. And you know that's just how the Dodgers are, and it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, and what's amazing is so many of those guys are homegrown too, right. uh, for all the right. money they spend. They really are. Ah. I am. It's turned into a Dodger podcast. I'm just saying, <laughs> this is, it is, you can tell this is who the Padres want to be, and obvious, you know, duh, but no, they really want to be that team and do it that way. Right, uh, right. So and I thought last year, and I, I did think last year, Kevin, Andy Green, I think it was at the end of the uh-huh. year even, yep. talked about how they basically was saying, and I don't remember the exact words, but he was, he was, he was saying that the Dodgers are far and away better yep. than we are. Yep. And, you know, you just look at the teams and, it's the old thing, and I, I'm going to really date myself here, and most people aren't going to know what I'm talking about, but Al Saunders, when he was the Charger coach, got in all kinds of trouble in the late 80s when the Chargers were about to play the Raiders, and he said, basically, who would you rather go to war with, our roster, our roster or theirs? And that caused all sorts of problems, as you would as you would imagine. But that's pretty much where the Padres were at the end of last year, was, you know, who would you rather go to war with, that roster or ours? Now, the Padre roster has improved. Um, you know, Machado was there last year. He wasn't here. Uh, you know, Strom's now starting. Paddock's here. So they've gotten some better, you know, Reyes is, is producing more. So anyway, the, the, I think the gap, they showed a little bit yes. if three games can mean anything, the gap has closed. But I don't think there's anyone who can realistically say that the Padres have a better team than the Dodgers. Now, that doesn't mean they can't win the next two nights, it, you know, or, or anything. But in the long run, you know, the Dodgers right now are a better team than the Padres. I, I, I'm not going out on a limb to, you know, saying that. I say this as a temporary state of mind, that that should be satisfactory temporarily for people watching and rooting for the Padres, as in the gap has been closed, and it's been closed remarkably so in a matter of, you know, in terms of the season, a matter of, you know, like two months. Right, because Andy right. said that, you know, in the last road trip of last season, and now here we are a quarter of the way through this season, uh, that the fact that 
that we are now looking forward to what have been the Padres' two best pitchers, and we we believe, as people who watch the uh, the team, that the Padres will be competitive with the Dodgers over the next two nights, um, and that they are even within four games. When I think it was like fourteen at this point last year, it wasn't mm-hmm. the Dodgers at that point because right. they started slow, but the Padres were fourteen out or something like that. Um, that is it for temporarily. Not accepting it for very long, but temporarily, that's a pretty good state for the uh, Padres. Now, are you going to let me talk about Matt Strom, I, who is my is my second favorite? I am, but uh, I do have to, to say watch. one other thing. Even if they're not competitive <laughs> the next two nights, doesn't yes. change the idea yes. that they've still closed the gap. Now, talk about Matt Strom. Talk about Matt Strom, who is also. I mean, I loved watching this guy pitch. I couldn't wait to see him in the rotation. I remember how we were so shocked the first outing; he was so bad. <laughs> But since then, <clears throat> excuse me, we've seen the Matt Strom that we thought we were going to see. Well, one thing we were seeing that night is he was still sort of well, he was he was geeked up and he was a little nervous and his, you know not to get mechanical here, but you know he was shorting pitches. Uh, even I could see that. I was like, God, I'm not a scout or a coach. I can see that. I can fix that, Matt. Um, <laughs> but he also was throwing harder. Well, he's a starter now, and the guy might have six pitches. I mean, two different sliders. He's got the changeup that does different things sometimes, you know, and then he's got the curve, which he used a lot more at certain points last game. I mean, Matt Strom, who last year was blazing like 94 and sometimes up to 96. He's a reliever, you know, shorter outings. This year's down 89 to 91, but he is really falling in love with just letting Austin Hedges call his game and throw, and they, they change from inning to inning. I mean, it really is a fun thing to watch this guy become a, a starting pitcher, and, and a pretty darn good one. Uh, now, again, uh, the one thing that uh, teams can do is sit on his fastball. He's going to have to be super smart tomorrow. He and what I imagine will be Austin Hedges uh, tomorrow against this lineup. And I think it's uh, you know once uh, once I recover from uh, what happens tonight, uh, then I'll be really excited to see tomorrow. And when I say this, this is again, I just want to make this clear: as an observer of baseball, these are awesome matchups. Right? No, I think these are the kind of games that you should look forward to as a fan. And obviously, uh-huh. you know, it's easy for me to look if the Padres win or lose tonight is not going to change, it's not going to change uh-huh. my life or anything like that. But I just I, I look forward to seeing good baseball games and seeing matchups like this are part of the reason that that you, you should be. A, it, it's great to be a baseball fan is to is to watch a game where you've got, you know, this guy, Clayton Kershaw, three time Cy Young Award winner you know, declining a little bit in his career, but still, I would say, one of the top pitchers around. Coming up against this guy, Chris Paddock, seven career starts, you know, already leads the league in certain categories and just been so exciting to watch. And I I can't wait for, uh, I can't wait for tonight. It's, I mean, it's big enough to even put the Warriors, the Western Conference Finals on the small screen um, to to watch this game uh, tonight. I'm really looking forward to it. And we will come back here on Thursday, and we'll talk about the last, these next two nights, and what's coming up with another Padre homestand. Right on. And it is Tuesday, Jay. Just remember that. It's Tuesday. Yes. The schedule used to be, you know, the schedule. It's very interesting in baseball now with all the different off days. Two off days on this five-game road trip for the Padres is really weird. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's crazy. (laughs) But anyway, enjoy... Enjoy the next couple nights, and we'll uh, we'll talk again on Thursday. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you.